welcome to a very special episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are super lucky and super excited to once again join our Patreon producer here in the studio, the virtual studio, so to speak. Give a warm welcome to our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Jackness. Ben, it's great to have you back again. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It is truly our pleasure. Of course, you're the star of the show, but I would also be remiss if I did not mention Nerd Bomber and Tectic. Hello, hello, everybody. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. Uh, I'm a legal 86, by the way. Didn't mention my own name either because tonight is about is about Ben, and Ben wants to talk us through some of the tech and nerd news of the week. So we have a great show for you today. Uh, with Ben, we're going to be talking about Black Myth Wukong, which is that pretty stellar 13 minute gameplay trailer that came out this week, and then of course the Batfleck news, uh, specifically with regards to the new Flash movie. Uh, we talked about that a few episodes back. But we're going to revisit that now. But first things first, Ben, how's life been? It's been, it's been, gosh, would, would be three months, right? Since we last spoke with you. Hopefully everything's going well. Yep. Everything's going well. I'm uh, working, breaking necks and cashing checks. Wow. That's the first <laughs> time I've heard that phrase. And I, I really like it actually. Breaking necks. I think and I'm going to steal checks. that. Yeah. I, I don't know which rapper said that, but I'm sure it's in a rap. Sounds like a John somewhere. Wick quote. I don't know if a rapper said it or if John Wick said it. I think Ben said it. So... <laughs> He's breaking necks, cash and checks. You heard it here first. Speaking of breaking necks, I mean, we, we, we can dive right into this because I think there's a lot to lot to break down here. Black Myth Wukong. So so we can talk about, about the video itself. I'll, I'll run through the top level details first of this. So Black Myth Wukong is a new martial arts action game being developed by a studio known as Game Science, which I <laughs> love the name of that studio, first of all. It's actually a subsidiary of Tencent, which is probably the company you've actually heard of one of the biggies in china and this is a video game that's actually based on classic chinese mythology so you see a lot of things about greek mythology and, and things like that this is a classic chinese legend essentially journey to the west is what it's called is my understanding and this game elected rather than as far as i know at least rather than putting out a cinematic trailer or story trailer of any kind something that's two minutes three minutes to build hype no they gave us 13 minutes so we can dive into this uh, and break it down piece by piece, but I guess I'll say off the top uh, that I love the approach here. Too often do we get trailers that are, like I said, two minutes of story trailer, very cinematic, no real gameplay. You, you, you know that the story is, you know what the feel is. You don't know what it's going to look like on your console. And granted, this is, of course, you know, alpha footage like it always is, but you're getting a sense of what the game will play like. And I think that's super important in a first look. So we'll turn it over to, to, to Ben first. Ben, I... I assume you watched this trailer uh what did you think of it generally generally i mean you can give it a star rating you can give it a i like this part i hated this part you know broad strokes what, what, what was your thoughts well i i enjoyed the trailer um as far as it looking pretty impressive i got the impression though that it's going to be kind of dark soulsy which i am not into they had a couple of sequences where there were a lot of you you would do attacks to the bosses or the the you know, the things that you were attacking and they would ignore your attacks. So I'm guessing there are, there's going to be a lot of dodging, I, which I guess makes sense for the Monkey King to right. be doing a lot of dodging. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it looks and it's beautiful. I don't know if you, I forget who said this on a podcast for, there was uh, the PS5 demo that was given that, that was showing the how impressive the different graphics were and the different mm -hmm. particles and all that. And someone mentioned that the background and the characters didn't match as far as yes. 
the the characters look too cartoony compared to the the rest of the background. I think that might have been you, illegal. Yes, it was. Um, uh, great, great memory, by and, the way. It's good to know someone's listening out there. <laughs> and, and that that was what I got the impression of the characters in this in this game too was was the fact that it didn't quite match. And I just chalked that up to a, a pre-alpha, right? Which is the the condition this game is in currently. So I mean, it looks impressive i like the journey to the west themed game there hasn't been one i think since this game called enslaved uh, by ninja theory mm-hmm. that uh, came out and that was it was kind of a sci-fi sort of take on journey to the west but i think that was the last one that that we saw so 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 you have a, a familiarity with because me going into this something i noticed about the trailer is, is at the beginning, you're talking to this old man, right? And he's taking you through through this legend, or at least, again, just the broad strokes of it. And there's Chinese subtitles with English subtitles underneath. And I'm following it very closely. And then, for reasons that are beyond me, maybe this was just the video that I watched. It was on IGN's channel. The English subtitles dropped out. <laughs> and any other dialogue past the point where you see the cicada and, you're, and, you, and you are flying around as a cicada, any Chinese dialogue I saw or, and heard was Chinese subtitled... I had no idea what was happening, which I don't know if that helped or hurt me necessarily, but it did kind of add, I will say this, it added a, a mystery to all of it. I can definitely agree, you know, I, I think a lot of what you said about the character model, which I definitely agree with, the character model is not matching the realism of the environment. This mythology puts you in an interesting spot where it looks like rural ancient China, right? And it's very convincing in that respect, the setting is. And then... You know, you're flying around as that cicada in the beginning and you hear two two guys talking and then you look and it's like, what, a, a fox and a wolf or something? So there's a lot of a lot of animal stuff happening that adds a fantastical element to it. The other thing you said that I will resonate or I will totally agree with and it resonates with me. And I think this a lot with a lot of these gameplay demos. It looks so hard and like and they were making it look very easy. And, and Dark Souls is a game I know is known for being very hard. So maybe that's what you meant by that. Maybe it's not. But it looks like the kind of game that they made it look very easy playing it. I think if I were to actually play it and pick it up and try and beat this like white wolf looking thing, this boss fight that they went through, I would have a ridiculously hard time. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. Same with me. And it, it, it obviously it's a great way to showcase it. But it, it I imagine when I'm watching, it, I'm like, boy, I'd be real clumsy at this part. You know, it's just like there's kind of a you step back and you realize something about yourself is like they're making it look easy, but I would, I would struggle for sure. I feel like the story and the setting and most importantly to me, the attention to detail, even though this usually isn't my type of game, I really don't. I'm not a big Dark Souls game style fan because I like you guys said, it, it's very difficult and I find myself getting like super stressed when I play those type of games. And now that I'm just getting older, I, I like to have a little bit more fun than stress. But there's something about the mythology and just the attention to detail, especially when you realize that this is the, the studio's first pass at a triple yeah. A looking title. I, I think this studio, they've made games before, but they're usually either smaller endeavors or more mobile based because that's what a lot of 10 cents games and properties are more known for. And I, I believe I was reading an article that this would probably be China's first like triple A game that is going to be available on all major platforms in all countries. And mm-hmm. The thing that really impressed me was knowing that it's the studio's first past the game, but everything about this, especially considering considering it was alpha footage, looked really, really nice. Like the set, the 
background and the setting looked beautiful. And one of the things that I caught was that even during the battle sequences, when you, they they showed the, the battle with the big white wolf, right. when they cut and sliced the wolf's hand, the wolf actually took a moment and started licking its hand. When it, they started the wolf on fire, there was like a split second where the wolf is like trying to pat the fire out. And I just thought that was really impressive attention to detail. And that and just animal games really tend to resonate with me. I don't know if I like the fantastical aspect a little bit more than if these were just like human characters, but I thought the bosses all looked super cool. And I think the lore will really lend itself to a very interesting story. And I know the story of Journey to the West is just a really interesting Chinese tale that I, I really don't think like it's gotten attention in various forms, but I don't think it's really got enough mainstream focus. And I think it would be ripe for a really nice video game because Enslaved was, I believe, at least 10 years ago, I want to say. And so it's, I think, high time that the story was revisited. I want to piggyback too off of what Nerd Bomber just said, where the story has been told in many different ways. So first, I want to walk you through my impressions of the game as I was watching it. So my first impression was this is a martial arts RPG. Then it moved to there's animals in it. Okay, so this is like a martial arts RPG, but with bloody roar, humanoid animals fighting. And (laughs) And then you see him take on the appearance of other animals that he had just fought. So I'm like, okay, there's a mix of Ben 10 in it. Fine. I need to find out more of where this came from. So then I got into the Journey to the West storyline and I started reading that story. So then the first thing I see is, okay, so it's it's the story is surrounded by the king of the monkeys or the monkey king. Sorry. Right. Yes. And his weapon is a pole that extends really, really long. Okay. And he travels around on a cloud. And then I started thinking, this this sounds familiar. And I don't know if anyone has else has watched Dragon Ball growing up, but apparently Dragon Ball drew its inspiration from this story. So little Goku is the Monkey King. And his weapon, the Power Pole and the Flying Nimbus, those all came from the Monkey King. Even Oolong, the pervy pig friend that he has, came from the <laughs> Monkey King's story. So... If you're not excited about the story now and you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, you absolutely should be. Now, Ben, did you play this this Ninja Theory game that you guys are... I have not played it. You, sound, oh, yeah. you sounded like you yes. also had familiarity with, with the legend, which I imagine would would excite you, you know, having experience with it, having played a game like it, and it, it sounds like having liked it. Yeah, that is exactly the case with the Ninja Theory game. And, and Nerd Bomber was correct. It, it was almost exactly 10 years ago that this, this game came out. So it's, yeah, it's, it was an enjoyable game. And I, I actually learned more about the legend because I played that game. So it was sort, sort of like after, after I played, I got more interested in, in some of the minor details. I didn't read through, through the journey to the West or anything like that or any translations, but I looked up information on it and I thought it was interesting the way Ninja Theories take of having a sci-fi sort of spin to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, the Monkey King had this band on his head that was controllable, that basically, <laughs> you the, the, the guy, that, one of the people that he follows can give him headaches whenever he wants, <laughs> and, when he gets out of line and stuff. 
And that is something in Enslaved that was kind of interesting that the characters were linked together by this, basically this band. And if the monkey king character monkey didn't protect the other character or, you know, let her die, he would die too. Right. And so I don't know if there's going to be anything as far as you as the monkey king doing that sort of thing or if if, if the, it's going to follow the story closely or what's going to happen well but it does interest me though and, and i want to express again you know i i love this method of revealing a game right because they showcased and, and yeah, I'll, I'll say again too a lot of it was confusion i mean they're talking about this monkey king and then suddenly the monkey king is actually a cicada that's flying around and then he becomes a monkey and then he starts fighting. And like the cicada perspective was also very interesting because the cicada would casually fly past like a thing with a giant head and like not seem to care. And I was like, oh, well, it's okay. We're just going to kind of go by that. And then there was all these fights. And like, I'll agree with what Nerdbomber said too, in that, especially with, and my, I don't play Dark Souls-ish games. I don't really play martial arts games. My point of reference is beat-em-up games, like, like uh, Arkham, the Arkham series and Spider-Man and when you're just kind of, you know, throwing in punches wherever you can, or in this case, you know, just rolling your stick around, basically, I think it's probably pretty important from a realism and from a convincing standpoint in this game to have characters react to blows of a certain quality in a way that actually reflects what the blow was. What relative to like, when I think of Arkham, I think of you kick a guy in a certain spot, he's just going to, he's going to flinch in whatever possible way or in, in a single way, basically. Whereas with this, it seemed like there was a lot more nuance and they were showcasing a lot of moves. I mean, you had this, he, he obviously fights this mini boss at the beginning, gets this, for lack of a better term, I'll call it a fire staff. I don't know what it was. He, he uses that later on the White Wolf. At one point, he kind of like snaps his fingers or something and a whole bunch of copies of him go out to fight somebody. And then, of course, at the very end... That was really cool. They show how long his pull, because Tactic, you mentioned the long pull. Power and pull extend. And at the end, they show, and I was laughing because I was like, with a pull that long, you could do anything. I mean, he's, he's fighting like hundreds of guys. And that's the other thing about the beat-em-up that like, to me, I compare it to beat-em-up games and that beat-em-ups is like, you're Spider-Man. There's a hundred bad guys. Fight them all. And it looks like to this, in this, there's more of a boss fight kind of mentality, but there's probably also segments where you're just killing off a bunch of minions and uh, it looked enjoyable. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm for this. I think this looks very promising, especially like, Nerdbomber said, for a first-time studio, it's an impressive effort. So I have a, I have kind of a question to gauge how each of you feel about this. So we're obviously okay. heading into the next console generation, and this game is probably going to be a couple years out based on a lot of the things that I've been reading, and will definitely be like a next-gen title. If you had seen this in the PlayStation or Xbox showcase, I guess for each one, like what level of other title from each of those showcases would you have put the hype level at for this game? Oh, boy. Great question. So this is not... I'm going to put it in terms of the PS5 event, which all the listeners will know excited me more. This is not Spider-Man level. This is not Ratchet and Clank level. But it's Horizon level. I, that, okay. That's that's my watermark. I mean, I, have played, I haven't played any Horizon games, so maybe people... There are probably Horizon fans out there right now who are furious with me saying that. But to me, as two unknown quantities they play similarly to me in terms of like, okay, I see you game like that as the game I would play and probably really enjoy. For me, my intrigue absolutely peaks everything, especially as a Dragon Ball fanboy. 
I and I know I know that Dragon Ball bastardized this story. It, it's not really true to the story because obviously Goku doesn't transform into various different beings that he came into contact with. But it's for me going to be fun to see where the parallels are, where they aren't, and it's it's that piece and that piece alone, along with the just stunning imagery that this game preview provided. That I'm absolutely going to put it on par with Spider Man. Wow. Bold. Ben, any thoughts? No, not I mean that's you guys pretty much covered it, but I don't I don't put it up there with any of the games you mentioned, honestly. Okay. Uh it's 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 an interesting game. It looks it looks cool, it looks pretty impressive based on the different you know, I, it's not my type of game, yeah. but it looks like it could be interesting to play. My hype level isn't like it is for any of the other games mentioned. It, it, it especially not Horizons. Horizon. No, what is it? New Forbidden New West. West. Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Forbidden West. Are, are, are yeah. you a Zero Dawn player? Were you? Yes. Yeah. I platinumed that game, and it's one of the few platinums I have. Okay, so, so. when I was concerned about insulting the listeners, I actually just insulted you. That's good um <laughs> no no you didn't it, it you didn't insult me it it's just it's one of those things where it's not for everyone i just it really i really enjoyed it i also enjoy games with a, f- a strong female lead character because there, there aren't mm-hmm. many games out there like that mm-hmm. and and horizon zero dawn just kind of scratched an itch at, the, at a time when i needed it so it was it was it was a wonderful game i enjoyed playing it all the way through and getting the platinum and i'm really excited to see what what the new offering uh is going to hold for for the playstation 5 well and you might have hit the nail on the head too you know in, in saying this is a dark uh wukong is going to be a dark souls experience and dark souls i've never played it but my understanding of it is a it's very hard and b it is an extremely acquired taste and you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it and if you hate it, you hate it, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth and say that you hated it, but it seems, yeah, it seems like it could be a very polarizing game. Uh, Nerd Bomber, anything to add? Where, where do you put it? I would say, and maybe this will show my bias, but Xbox really didn't show me a whole lot that I need really to buy a new console for, for at least, like, because most of the titles were going to be available through Game Pass and Xbox One. I would, I would probably put it at, like, Crossfire X level for the Xbox showcase, Okay. And because that actually Crossfire X, I thought was a really interesting take, and I enjoy Rebity games. For PlayStation, I would probably I really loved Horizon, but I, I might put it up at that level with it. There, there's something unique about this game, and I feel like there hasn't been a really unique like animal fantasy style game in a long time, and that is something that I want. <laughs> yeah. I'll, so I'll even if I don't necessarily like the gameplay, I feel like I'll probably still dive into it and try to slog through it as much as I can just because the world seems really interesting to me. I would probably like if the, they told me that this is a launch title, my misgivings about the lack of launch titles for either console would probably go away and I would be more apt to buy day one. You're definitely an animal person if I know any single thing about you. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's worth noting too, regardless of, of whether I feel I would play it or not. I would totally, this could have sat in either showcase and I would have totally bought it. I would have bought it as a viable option. I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Like it looked showcase worthy to me, even as alpha footage. So very exciting, especially for people who are fans of the mythology. So again, no release date for this uh, as of yet. It has, the, the, the demo video saw nearly 10 million views on the Chinese video site 
Billy Billy, I guess is what that's pr- how that's pronounced. I actually don't know. And nearly two million on YouTube, although I have a feeling that figure is out of date as of the writing of this article I have from Eurogamer. But either way, coming soon. And by soon, I mean maybe in a couple of years. Be on the lookout for that. Very exciting stuff. Right now, we're going to move with Ben into from video games into film. And we're going to be talking about another Ben. One who, in my opinion, is not as good. I'm not a Ben Affleck fan. Let me start by saying that right now. I'm especially wow, not a... I'm not a oh, I said it. I'm not a Batfleck fan either. Never was a fan of that. But in spite of my best efforts, he is coming back. So... The Flash movie is a movie that we talked about, again, I don't know if this had to be at least a month ago. During the summer, I would think sometimes when we talked about this, uh, where Michael, at one point, Michael Keaton was rumored to be returning, and that's since been confirmed, I believe. And he's going to have a big role in this movie, playing the Batman from the Tim Burton Batman universe. And we're learning now about this. I'm going to turn this over to Tactic in a second, because Tactic is the DC boy. Allegedly but, playing the Batman from the Tim Burton universe, because uh, I still stand firm on what I said, where he is going to be Thomas Wayne. The best story in the Flash story arc is the Flashpoint Paradox. And if you're going to introduce the multiverse, you introduce it with Thomas Wayne. That story is so rich, it's super dark, because instead of, for those of you who don't know, instead of Bruce Wayne losing his parents, his parents lose Bruce Wayne, he becomes Batman to take on, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman to take on crime. And guess who's the Joker? Martha Wayne, such a rich, dark, wonderfully terrible story. To that point, though, I feel like after the poor reception of Justice League, DC has kind of leaned into a lighter tone, especially when you look at, I mean, Aquaman was funnier, I guess. Wonder Woman kind of stands on its own, but Shazam, I think they really made a point to make that movie funny and lighthearted as much as they possibly could and i th- i feel like obviously we don't know what's going to happen now that there's a huge multiverse and Zack snyder versions of the movie coming back but i feel like they can't go that dark see but the thing is the the flashpoint paradox has already been so well received it's a it's an obvious money grab to me okay so Fair. so tactic feels strongly if there's one thing i've learned from the past two minutes you feel strongly um and the fact of him coming back only further proves that I called it. Okay, so Tactic feels very strongly. I'm, I, I want... so, And actually, it's funny. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the last time you were on this show, or one of the one of the few uh, previous times you were on the show, we talked about Justice League, or DC in general. Yeah, we talked about the Snyder Cut. Yes. Now, we're back to talk about DC again. I don't know... I know you hadn't seen Justice League. I don't know if you have an opinion necessarily on Batfleck as an individual... Or, or whether or not you're just what this news does to you, I guess, is, is what I'm asking. Well, okay, so I, I did see Justice League. Oh, you did. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. And so I saw it and I was kind of lukewarm about the whole experience. Like every original. Yeah. <laughs> right. It didn't hate it. I didn't think it was anything super spectacular, though, either. Mm-hmm. So the idea that Ben is coming back for this. It kind of makes sense in the whole different dimensions, different timeline sort of things, right. or their own unique. I don't know. It's not the multiverse, right? I, I think. Well, what is it called? I'm not sure. See, multiverse is turning into such a Marvel connotated term. I don't. Again, tactics are related yeah, to DC. Exactly. Per- that's, it's that's an alternate I, reality, is what I'm going to call it. Okay. So it's well, but there are a whole bunch of them, right? I mean, it's it's like they're different alternate realities. He. 
the, the you know um, not to get too far ahead of it but the flash is going to be you know in the flashpoint series he's basically messing with different things that he's not 100 percent familiar with in order to get his his mother back and I remember which again flashpoint is part of the flashpoint the paradox just saying folks exactly the tv one too right uh, yep. um yeah and he made an appearance in the tv show too uh the the um the movie flash which i thought was kind of it one it was a comic moment and it was funny right and two it also kind of opened the door to it being like it doesn't have to be the same flash or the same barry allen or the same it can be different ones mm-hmm. so this is convenient i mean getting ben back for his parts in the flash you know that that makes sense that maybe he's not the batman going forward and then that's a good transition to the new batman right um as far as the old michael keaton quote-unquote batman whatever whoever he turns out to be i'm swain i was i was pretty excited about that about that uh, announcement as well because i remember seeing the first batman in the theaters when i was younger mm-hmm. and really being excited about him and his and his acting and it was it was a great movie back then now i don't think it's the same <laughs> it's if i rewatch batman from the original the, the tim burton i don't have the same feeling about it because tim burton has so many better movies now to compare that to it, but, it's it's just like um, it's it's very tim burtony right and like I, and I, to be fair i say that yeah. with to be clear i say that with full respect but like it i think tim burton's vision of batman from i haven't i don't i haven't seen i think i've seen the entire first movie and i love michael keaton i agree with you i love him to death he tim burton embraces a lot of the comic-y elements of batman which by the way is a comic book that i think other iterations specifically nolan and onward have taken and take and twisted into this this kind of dark brooding thing and batflex taken that to the extreme right he's this very like he's very purposely not funny and like even when him and the flash are funny in justice league it's like he's the straight man who's just kind of gruff and barry allen's the foil to that and i don't know which actually works oh, I, mean, I, I, works. I thought that those sequences were were the best you know the 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 the, the banter between two, the the two of them that kind of you know gave you kind of a lighter take on on bruce wayne yeah i definitely think i, I think the best part of justice league that i can remember is the part where he where batman goes to the flash's little lair and like he throws the batarang and the flash catches it and stuff and finds out he's batman and he says what's your superpower and batman says i'm rich and it gets you know it gets a lot and again it's batman playing the straight man basically just being very gruff and like yeah i'm a rich guy and, but it's a really funny moment and those two work very well together yeah. in much in a way that i would argue the flash works with a lot of characters i think the single best element of the just of justice league was the flash I think there, he worked the best because the Flash is the best superhero. Yes, that's correct. And there is <laughs> I... a, there is a, there is a, there is a couple of other things that the, that this does imply too, as well for the Flash movie. It's that they will be, they must be rather introducing that the Reverse Flash is the villain in this movie because when he's jumping from alternate reality to alternate reality, the only other person that can go as fast as him is reverse flash and that's who he's going to be taking on it has to be and so that is by far also one of the 
worst villains. He's just a jerk. Worst best villains, in my opinion. That's why, again, The Flash is the best, because his villains are terrible. It's true. So there's that. And again, it supports my theory furthermore, because in the comics, you can't have The Flash without the traveling through timelines. How The Flash gets his powers is from a lightning bolt that is The Flash. He ran so fast back in time that he became pure lightning bolt energy and gave himself the powers. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I still can't get on board with the Thomas Wayne thing. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to derail your, your party train. I mean, it's fine. We, can, we can make a bet and then you could pay me in a couple months. It's fine. I will pay you. I mean, anyone who sees Michael Keaton's going to be in a movie that stars Batman is going to think, okay, Michael Keaton is Batman. It's a mental block you can't escape. And I think Hollywood producers Batman. are aware of that. He's he not going to be, be the. I'm saying he's going to be the Batman that you already know about. There's, it's but he's going to be carrying far, a clock. It's not that far <laughs> back, you know. It's not that far back that people aren't, aren't going to remember. Oh, he was Batman, and not only was he Batman, he was Bruce Wayne. You know, the same Batman as always. Again, he will be Batman, but he'll have a bat clock, and his person will be Thomas Wayne. I just don't know if I buy that. One of the things that I'm really interested to see is if this opens the door for Ben Affleck to continue to be in. DC movies and continue to carry the mantle of Batman because I remember very distinctly that when he decided to step away from the role there was a lot of Hollywood hubbub in the rumor mill saying that he would never come back to the role because I believe that throughout the entire Justice League and even his entire time as Batman he was experiencing a lot of personal strife in his personal alcoholism Jennifer Garner yeah there's a lot going on And so the fact that he was willing to come back, first of all, my first reaction is I'm really excited to see what he'll do now because, I mean, they've reported that he's in a much better place now and kind of has all of his personal demons back kind of under control. And I know that when Ben Affleck first took the role of Batman on, he was super excited because he truly likes the character. So for one, I'm really interested to see what he'll be able to do with the character now that he will kind of be in the right headspace to take that character on, I wonder, I mean, obviously the whole intent of this iteration of Batman is that he's more serious and dark, but I wonder if we won't see a lot of those more comedic fun moments with the Flash, especially since that's kind of how they played off in Justice League. Secondly, the fact that he is willing to come back, like, I wonder if that opens the door for him to continue being in the multiverse, especially now, because... I'm very curious to see how this is all going to play out because obviously you have the Robert Pattinson Batman, you have this Zack Snyder cut of Justice League coming to HBO Max, you now have Ben Affleck reprising his role in The Flash, and first of all, like which version of the Justice League will this be building off of is one thing that I'm questioning, and Secondly, like, are we going to see the multiverse then extend further so that we'll be able to see all of these different iterations of Batman in many movies for the future? I- I'm I'm really curious to see how this is all going to play out because I know Marvel has kind of hinted around there being a multiverse, but they haven't gotten there yet. So this is DC kind of paving the way for superhero movies to address this whole thing. So... I have a counterpoint, but I'll interject first. Uh, ben, do you have a counterpoint to offer to that or, or any any further thoughts on Batfleck? I want to try and close the book on it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to uh, actually raise a different question. Okay, please. Which is, which is basically, you know, uh, Nerd Bomber said this kind of opens the doors to different Batman, Batman 
you know, basically being in this movie or involved in the universe, do you think there's the possibility that Christian Bale even will come back? And or you know, I know it hasn't been announced, but I mean, sure. there are other there are other Batman out there who we can have. And so is Christian Bale. I would like to see that in the Flash, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's just an interesting idea of all these different, you know, uh, continuities. On the list of of Batman who I would most like to come back, he's surely number one. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would I would love that. And Tactic, before you you interject, I just want to to add to Nerdbomber's last point. My thought is less that Ben Affleck is going to stay in. I so I have I have an article from Vanity Fair in front of me. This is a this is a quote that Ben gave to the New York Times. <laughs> you may recall Ben was previously he had uh, signed to star and direct in a standalone film called The Batman, which I guess has now morphed into the Matt Reeves Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Um, he left the project saying, "quote Its demands were taking too much of a personal toll," which we talked about with all of his alcoholism, Jennifer Garner, everything. Affleck apparently told the New York the New York Times, "I showed someone in the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again." Um, I think Ben Affleck is l- more likely to have realized I've made a terrible mistake. Like he can like the character, sure, I'm sure he does. Being Batman is an enormous responsibility, and I can't imagine the immense pressure. And I'm guessing now he's like, all right, this is, I, I'm guessing this is his swan song. Whether he dies or whatever, I don't know. But I'm guessing this is him saying goodbye to the role in a, in a certain way. But Tactic, so, I'll turn it over to you. I don't, I don't disagree that, that he wants to move on to away from Batman, which fine. But there is an elegant way to do it, in my opinion. And I think the Robert Pattinson is going to be the standalone movie, independent of the DC universe, Everything. where he's yeah. just being Batman, it, uh, similar to the Joker, really. But if they want to reprise the Batman role, the only way, in my opinion, to do it is to kill Bruce Wayne off and have Dick Grayson take on the, the cowl. That's the only way. It cannot be Bruce Wayne. You have to have continuity within this universe and simply move it on to Dick Grayson. But there's currently no Dick Grayson. No, is not there? yet. But uh, but that's my point. And, and there is suspect going around that he has signed on for a number of movies beyond The Flash. But that's the only way to do it, in my opinion, unless they want to pull a uh, war machine like they did with the MCU Dodge where they just... Yeah, yeah where they just swapped him out and it didn't really uh well a couple winks and jokes and that was about it right there's kind of a precedent with replacing batman but not within a a single universe so so i hear you so uh, we we have to put a bow on this but but to do so i'll i'll piggyback off of your last statement who's your dick grayson in that case pick an actor who's your dick grayson who's your next batman in the dceu yeah i was just gonna say we i was exactly what i was gonna say that's like that's a cop-out answer no, but they said it, it was up. supposed to be. He, it was the perfect casting. It really was. They set it up, they teed it up, and then they just never swung at the ball. <sighs> I kind of want Nat Wolf. He was almost Spider-Man, if you recall. We talked about that many, many late years ago on the podcast. Uh, I kind of want Nat Wolf. Ben, any up-and-comers you can imagine would make a good next-generation Batman? Not to put you on the spot. You can also uh, just say no. Not, not that's... <laughs> Yeah, not not that's coming to mind right now. I don't right. have any. I don't. I don't have a, a a horse in this race really. I'm just excited to see what the future holds based on what the Flash is gonna do, which is really gonna change 
from what I've seen, basically how how continuities can change in this. I, I'm just looking forward to what what's going to happen with the DC universe in the future, Certainly. and whether or not it's going to thrive. Finally, certainly opens the doors to a lot of a lot of a lot of possibilities. I said the mix of potentials and possibilities, possibilities, and hopefully, like you said, maybe what finally revives the DCEU and, and turns it into what a lot of people have been expecting it to be from the start. But you heard it here first. If it's bad, I will cry. I'm sorry. As the with the Flash being my favorite character, I will just be so sad. It's bad. But you heard it here first. Dick Grayson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, majority rules. It's, it's two to one at this point. I can also do Jason uh, Jason Gyllenhaal. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Sorry, I can also do Jake Gyllenhaal. He's t- he's Dick too Grayson. old. I love Jake Gyllenhaal more than a lot of people, but he's too old in my opinion. Dick Grayson. Yeah, and a that's kid, that's basically. literally coming from Jake Gyllenhaal's number one fanboy. Is and you know nothing's ever been more true than that. So right now we're gonna we're gonna transition to to our break before we talk about DC fandom, but. Before we do, uh, we want to thank Ben again for being here. Ben, it's it's, it's a pleasure as always. Um, this is this also serves as your shout out. Uh, we're shouting you out in person. I can shout at you if you like, literally, but I don't know how it would come through. How about I shout? Can can I shout myself out? I, you know what? I would love to hear that. By, by all means. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say <laughs> thank you to our producer Ben Checkness. You absolutely Mr. nailed ben it. Checkness. There we go. I, I, I do say Mr. Ben Jackness, I do say remiss a lot. Yes, you do. I, I, I think a lot like like Edward R. Murrow had like the good night and good luck thing and like Walter Cronkite had that's the way it was. And I have I would be remiss if I did not shout out our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Jackness. <laughs> so shouting him out again. Uh we're thanking him for being on with us and right now we're gonna take our short break and we'll be right back to talk about DC fandom. Hi, we're Chasm Quest. Come with us as we voyage across the Chasm Sea and into a heroic adventure into a new world. The quest is dangerous. I want to ride that sword down his body, like, <laughs> just, like split him in half. Mysterious. There's something about the new lens. There's nothing that can prepare us for what's to come. And very, very rowdy. We lick each other's nostrils. God. <laughs> Listen to Chasm Quest all one word. Everywhere podcasts are streamed. Now, let's set sail. And we are back. Uh, thanks again to our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness, for supporting us and for joining us in the last half of, of our episode. We, we really enjoyed that, and hopefully he did as well. He's listening now, and he can hear himself. Hopefully that's, that's a pleasant experience for him. When I listen to myself, I tend to not enjoy it, but we'll see. Let us know, Ben. Right now, we're going to talk about DC Fandom which you want to say DC fandom. That's my first complaint about this. You want to say DC fandom. It's not a fandom. It's the fandom. And uh, we got a lot of content from DC over the weekend, kind of going for a, a you know, Comic-Con at home thing, which we, we know now we talked about it in the past that failed. This does not appear to have failed. This got me considerably more hyped for the content that they delivered than the Comic-Con at home stuff did. Right. And from, well, and from a commercial perspective, you know, it had a lot more viewer, had a lot higher viewership and uh, just seemed better received. So, so we're going to run through some of the major trailers here. You know, we have a list of, of five or six. Hopefully we get to all of them in the time that we have. But of course, the headliner here is it's called The Batman, right? Yeah, The yep. Batman. This, this is the Matt Reeves movie starring uh, Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. And um, this was... Oh man, I don't think it's going too far to say this was the best 
trailer I've seen from the DCEU, probably by a lot, actually. I think almost everything about it was good. Uh, I had very little to complain about. I love Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. I'm not sold on Patty Boy yet, I have to be honest. But I, I'm more confident now than ever that he can get me there. Let me put it that way. I don't know. I'll, I'll, tur- I'll turn it over to you guys. Yeah, what, what did you think? I mean, I, I thought this looked like a really exciting take. I mean, on one hand, yes, it's more of the same old. I know we've seen a lot of Bat or dark Batman takes before, and this seems like it's going to stay in that same vein. But you know what? I'm, I'm fine with it. This movie actually looked kind of compelling, considering I wasn't expecting a whole lot. DC movies haven't really gotten my attention, really. I mean, I think I, I like Shazam, but most of the DC movies have been a little lackluster and this seemed like it's getting more back into that the Dark Knight style movie that I can kind of get behind. If if you're going to go for dark, like you really just got to dig in and go for dark. I thought a lot of the casting choices were interesting. Colin Farrell, first of all, looked completely unrecognizable in this entire trailer. Like I honestly did not realize that that was him, but it was. Um, I think it'll be really interesting from a villain perspective. There seemed like there were a lot of hints that a lot of different villains appeared in this trailer. I think the main villain, obviously, they hinted a lot that it's going to be the Riddler. I don't know if this is the Riddler that we're all used to because it just, he didn't seem like that quirky kind of bullying. It seems darker. Yeah, he seems a lot darker. He seems a lot more sinister than the Riddler that we're used to in a lot of other iterations. But we also... And I'm, I'm so into that. It, it's really interesting. Like, that's probably the thing I'm most into is that, you know, the Dark Knight, and, and you kind of said it yourself, like for me, and I think for you and for a lot of people, the best chance this movie has to be good and to be successful and, and to have a lot of people like it is to take the Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, which were fantastic and, and worked for almost everyone, and sure, make make the character your own, make make the setting your own, vary it but do so subtly i mean the dark tone is is what's going to work and i think where that trilogy succeeded was taking a character like like bane and 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 to a certain extent like the joker and just darkening them a lot and like the riddler is a comical character i mean it's, it's comic books we're talking about he's a comical character the penguin is a comical character but if you take them and you darken them and give them i bring them down to earth more and give them uh, just more gravitas in whatever way this trailer did with the Riddler. Like, I think it's going to work. And I love the design of the Riddler, you know, from a gimmick standpoint of, of what he's about. I wish he was less cartoony. So when I saw this, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't agree with you guys more. I think the Batman works best when it's just dark neurotic villains. I mean, that's, that's what makes his, story arcs so compelling i mean even even when you're watching the animated things when it's these these dark cretins of people it doesn't feel like you're watching a a kid's cartoon movie it feels like you're watching right just something that's just hits you in your deepest core and that's what's going to make this work in my opinion one of the things too i think reeve said that his goal with this movie was to make batman and the villains something that could actually happen in real life and i mean you even see that with catwoman some of the the bits that we see in this trailer i mean she looks like someone who threw a costume together and i mean i think at one point what she was wearing like a, a ski cap or something and trying to make that as her like helmet and mask cowl thing And I think that's a really good take because even with other Batman iterations, obviously there's a lot of fantastical elements in there and 
superpowers, whether used for good or evil. So I think if they kind of stick to the guns here and make it a very realistic take on Batman, I'm here for it. And it seems like they're really even playing into Batman's greatest detective skill set because they even bring Batman in to look at crime scenes. So I'm very excited to see how this will all pan out. I'm more optimistic than I have been in a while. It does lead me to believe, though, that there there might not be a crossover here with the rest of the DC universe of movies. I'd be surprised. I'm guessing just from the the fact they want it to be realistic. I don't know how you make that happen in the current DCEU. I think the only crossover you could do is the non-DCEU movies like the, the Joker is the only one that's really even possible. Sure. But that was very much, this is a standalone film. I, I, I think, Tactic, you hit the nail right on the head where when, when I'm watching a movie like this or a movie like The Dark Knight, you know, obviously to a certain extent, I'm embracing my inner child, right? But I want to I, I want to feel like I'm watching, I want to feel like I'm having an adult experience, right? And I think to a certain extent, even kids want to feel that way. They like feeling that way. They're like, okay, this is a very serious movie that I'm watching. And the darkness gives us that and, and and like i know a lot of people i've seen on twitter people have been kind of given this a little bit of grief of like okay how dark are these movies going to get until we just can't see anything anymore like the actual the filters used on in the shots and everything and like characters are mumbling all the time it's just it's very brooding it works i i i really do think it works and, and especially for I, I think the difference maker here could be you know of course batman begins he's literally beginning right we're seeing the, the start of him this is supposed to be what Reeve is, is describing as a year two story. So Batman is, is established. He has his, he has his methods laid out. You know, he's still kind of learning the ropes to a small extent. I, I, I see it more as a dark Knight thing where dark Knight, I think it timeline wise puts us in a similar spot. And I think that's good. You know, I, I think that's taking a page out of Spider-Man's book where in the last Spider-Man movie, they said, skip the origin story. We don't need it. Everyone knows it. And I think I think that's a good move. Uh, like I said, I'm still not sure about Robert Pattinson, but I'm you getting know, closer. The the one thing that I will say, and a lot of people are skeptical of Robert Pattinson, and even I am too, but if you look at a lot of his deeper cuts and some of the movies that he's been in in the last few years since basically Twilight, everyone knows him for Twilight, but if you look at his other roles, he has a really decent range for an actor, and he's right. been in some very respectable roles. So I don't think he'll flop i don't know if he's the ideal batman i would see in my head but i don't think right he'll mess i'm it saying up. looks wise mm-hmm. I, I i think you know I, he has the job i mean he was in high life and, and good time both of which were like very well regarded indie movies uh the latter of which good time it's either good time or good times it's from the safety brothers who now are well known for uncut gems um so it's the same kind of frenetic very dark thing that he apparently excelled in uh robert pattinson did but i just from a facial perspective like it's it's a it's a stupid thing to get caught up on no no no, his jawline's too defined he's too pale i don't know what it is i totally agree that it's a face thing i disagree that it's a jaw thing i think he has a perfectly chiseled jaw to play batman okay it's too chiseled hang on it's too chiseled to, to play batman not to play bruce wayne and that's where i draw the line okay if he if he had to wear a mask, like coronavirus mask, I would be like, oh, that's not Bruce Wayne. That's some other guy. Because you couldn't see his jaw. It's it's the jaw that at least makes me go, okay, that's Batman. But once I see everything above the, the nose line, I'm not sold. At least I think I would have felt better if they had dyed his hair. As petty as that sounds. See, I, I, think, I think I agree because in the suit, 
granted you don't see a whole lot of him in the suit in this trailer but like it's way less notice- noticeable where like where it sticks out the most is like that funeral scene where the suv crash whatever happens there and you see him as bruce wayne that's the shot where i'm like eh, something's not right and, and i it, it's a jawline issue and maybe maybe like i said maybe it's not that the jawline's too defined or, or not defined in the right way it's just it's perfect for the suit his not overall face for... looks gaunt i think that's the problem when you take yes. the mask off yes. he's just a very gaunt looking person and pace, traditionally pace batman the... is like very solid and not gaunt looking so it'll be interesting because like I, I definitely agree with you with the mask on i'm totally fine with it with the mask off i'm like mm, something's not right when i see robert pattinson like when i see him in in the suit at the funeral i see someone who is burning the candle furiously at both ends and like is he doing that as batman yes but like i don't want to see that like like did christian bale look like that when he was no he was he was batman and he was very convincing as batman physically and then as bruce wayne he was this very polished he didn't look that way he didn't look gaunt you know in in the face he looked very like you said very solid very just i don't know i don't even, i almost want to say average too in the face of like just a guy whereas i think our pattinson looks a little too far gone but Anyways, we're, we're, we're digressing. This looked very good. Uh, there is there is a full breakdown provided. He, he uh, Matt Reeves did a panel for half an hour during Fandom where he gives more of a breakdown of the trailer. We're not going to do that now. But um, that was a big deal. To me, perhaps the second biggest deal, as an Arkham fan, fan of the of Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Gotham Knights, you know, to, to, to me, and I think they might have even built it as such, this is the Arkham series successor. This is from WB Games Montreal. The big addition, other than, you know, improved graphics, PS5 and Xbox Series X capability, is this is going to add cooperative play. And of course, it's also not going to involve Batman, apparently. This is focusing on Batgirl, Robin Hood, Red Hood, Robin Hood, Red. <laughs> Let me start that over. This is going to focus on Batgirl, Robin, Red Hood, and Nightwing. It's very easy to say Robin Hood in that scenario. Um, and, you know, they, they showed an extended gameplay a set where Batgirl and I believe Robin are fighting uh, Mr. Freeze, who is just one of many villains to return. They didn't tease anything about the Court of Owls, which we've talked about that in the past on this show. Again, no further comments other than pretty much everything I saw. I was like, yes, like, well, I will pay you. I, I love the Arkham games enough where they didn't need to show me any more than what they showed me here. And I will buy it. I'll say right now, once I get a next-gen console, I will be buying this. So it's funny that you say you're absolutely going to buy it, but Nerd Bomber can attest to this. When the Arkham Knight came out, I saw that there was Red Hood DLC, and I exclusively bought the entire game right when it came out to play that DLC, and then I didn't play it anymore. I just wanted to play as Red Hood. That's all I wanted. And so to see a full game where I can play as Red Hood... I'm absolutely ecstatic. I am way more of a Robin fan than I am a Batman fan. And so to be able to play as every Robin except for Damian Wayne, which I don't know that he's he's counted out just yet because Damian Wayne was part of the Court of Owls story, but to play as every other one is absolutely exciting for me. I kind of wish we had the opportunity to play as Red Robin for Tim Drake instead of Tim Drake as Robin, and then you could have been Damian Wayne as Robin, and maybe I'm getting too in the weeds. But other than that, I'm absolutely for this. I'm super, super excited for it because, like I said, I bought that game specifically to play as Red Hood, and now I get more than six minutes of it. 
And like what's really so exciting I- to me here too is so you can they they said they made a point where you can play this as a solo game, you can play it co-op, two-person co-op, or you can kind of drop in and out of games. And I think that's really great because so I know when I play this with Tectic, he is going to be Red Hood, so I am not going to be able to be Red Hood. And Nightwing is my favorite character and I know I should be really excited about Batgirl, but Nightwing is my favorite of the I'm going to be a Nightwing person myself. Well, he's just he's arguably the best i don't want to get into the debate but he's arguably the best of batman sidekicks and so so (laughs) i'm i'll be able to play as nightwing but then there's a lot of replayability here because if you look at the different fighting style between batgirl and robin they were very different and they made it very clear and even in the trailer you see that each character has a unique way of approaching problems a unique skill set basically a completely unique approach to the game. So this really gives the opportunity for a lot of replayability here because I can do that co-op run through with Tactic where I'm going to be Nightwing, but then I can revisit the game again and play it as Batgirl and it'll be a little bit different experience. You can basically play this four times over and have a different experience each time. And I think it's really cool that in the trailer, they showed the Red Hood actually like using guns, which is very unique for a Batman game. So let, let me just clear the air. Red Hood has the best character development, but the best Robin is actually Tim Drake, which is Red Robin. So let me just False. put that out there. You need to read the Grayson so, trilogy. Dick Grayson basically had a 007 career. It's he's just amazing. too righteous. He just no, he's not. For me, it's all for me. It's all aesthetics. Uh, we we recently the podcast we had some some art commissioned you may recall we talked about what our superpowers would be on a recent episode or secret segment i can't remember what it was and um we had we had an artist online um basically make superhero renditions of us and my template like my starting point for what i wanted to look like was nightwing the nightwing costume so yeah but it was the me, live action nightwing like. it wasn't even like the best costume yeah. so like it's I, I mean i think it's pretty good I'm kind yeah, of a robin it, snob folks if you haven't realized it, it really seems like it um if you haven't seen this gameplay footage go check it out right now uh if you're a fan of the games we've mentioned the arkham games i think this is going to be an easy sell for you but but you can see for yourself moving right along let's talk about the other major game that was teased uh suicide squad kill the justice league this one i was less enthused with i to put it simply I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of the, of Suicide Squad, and I'm also not sure I'm a huge fan of the tone that this trailer and possibly this game are choosing to adopt. So to me, I this, don't know. I like to take myself seriously, and this game is not going to do that at all. I guess is what I'm saying. I, well, but I just have to say, you are playing Borderlands right now. <laughs> sure, and you got me there. But I think when I'm, especially when I'm talking about things like superheroes, and, and we just we just spent how much time talking about how I like Batman Dark and how I liked all the Arkham games. Those games take themselves so seriously. And like, if I wanted a goofy sandbox thing, I would play a game with less uh, recognizable characters. How about that? So Borderlands me, is a, th- a throwaway. Game... I don't know anything. I'll do that all all day. To me, this game seems like an answer to the Avengers video game. If you think about it, right? You've got a, a large cast of crews, that, a, a large cast that you can play as. You have a number of, you know, stories, scenarios. I think it's going to be some kind of expansive DLC to it as well. And so it gives it now gives DC 
something to compete against that market niche. I'm excited about this simply because I really enjoy playing kind of like the dichotomy. Usually we're always stuck with playing as the superhero and like that's fun. But I think it'll be really interesting to kind of be on the other end of it where you're tasked with taking down a superhero who basically like Superman is a godlike character. There's it's almost impossible if you're a normal human being to take Superman down unless you have kryptonite. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how the combat and how the the general storyline of this game is going to play out. And that's why the anti-hero story is always way better than the plain Jane hero story like like Nightwing as opposed to Jason Todd. Oh gosh. So I, I, I realize, you know, this is a Rocksteady game and I just gushed about the Arkham games and the Arkham games were done by Rocksteady with the exception of Arkham Origins, which doesn't really count. So on paper, I should like this. I don't know. There's something about like, I'm going to alienate people here, but the centerpiece of Suicide Squad is Harley Quinn. And I often find that character pretty insufferable. Is that is that fair to say? No, I, I don't like, disagree with you there. To me, what what the biggest takeaway that I saw was the game looks like it's missing some of its polish. It's one of those you look at I, and you can't quite put your issue. finger on it. it. It's a tonal issue for me. You know, I just, I I think it's, it's not going to take itself seriously enough. And also I have to agree, like you can't kill Superman. The second, the second the goal becomes kill Superman, I'm like, all right, you can't. End of story. Superman is so dumb. Anytime Superman's involved in anything, it just upsets me. This one's not coming until 2022 also. There are so So. many great storylines that are centered around taking down Superman. I mean, in the Injustice story arc, fantastic. Guess who they had to take down? But how'd they do it? Superman. <laughs> how'd they do it? A lot of guess. punching. Can I guess? Kryptonite? Was Kryptonite involved? Uh, I think it... Wasn't it actually Superman from a different Earth dimension? Yeah. So it basically ended up being like Superman versus Superman. So, yeah. I see. Yeah, that's your only that's your only chance. Um, this one's coming 2022. So also not... I think Gotham Knight's supposed to be coming sooner. Yeah, I believe that's 2021 for Gotham Knights. So, so one, one less reason to... One more reason to not be as excited about this one as, as about Gotham Knights, in my opinion. Let's move back to movies, though, and let's talk about this Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, uh, which the big reveal here was we got our first look, our first real look at Cheetah, which was something. Uh, I'm a big fan of the gr- of the gold suit on Wonder Woman. Thought that was pretty cool. Generally, quite a bit of action. I think this is going to be pretty good. I don't. I, I struggle with like swinging on lightning. I'm sure that's a major thing that happens all the time in the comics with her, but I struggle with that. I think that's pretty badass. I my major hangup is Steve. <laughs> he I don't understand. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a super big hangup too. Yeah, I don't understand how he's back. I know they're going to explain it. Obviously, they're not going to give it away in any of the trailers, but I just it, it's very strange to me. A, I think that Wonder Woman as a whole is probably smarter than to just like give her something away obviously she has to make a sacrifice and give something away so that she can get him back i think she's smarter than that personally i don't know but it seems like he plays a very big part in the movie too and it just seems very gimmicky Mm -hmm. because it it takes away from the impact of his death in the first movie and so that that i hang i have a little bit of a hang up on i do think it looks a lot of fun though i think they have a lot of good opportunities for humor especially given like the setting. I think we can all look, look back at, at the 80s and just kind of laugh a little bit at some of the style choices and lifestyle choices. Right. The fact that Cheetah is 
a cheetah was interesting to me though and i was not expecting that well let's talk i mean Kristen wig what i mean she she I is she is her... a cheetah lady in in the comics which i'm fine with but what bothered me mainly was the sense of scale relative to wonder woman they should be relatively the same size instead of it was like this big monster thing and i didn't really care for that but Kristen Wiig, I mean, this is an actress who's known pretty much for her comedy, right? Like, this is this is a jumping off point for... I mean, other actors have done the same sort of thing, and actresses have done the same sort of thing with, with these comic book movies, but this could be a big one, you know? Um, I believe in her. I'll say that much. Um, I just... How do you know where lightning is going to be to swing on it? You know? Like, I... I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, know. but it's, it's, it looks cool. Like, it's the lasso of truth, right? It's made of nothing, so it can swing on anything. I, I, that part I have no issue with. It's just, lightning isn't, like, determined. You don't know where it's going to be. It's not like Spider-Man, where you can just, you know, there's a building. I can swing on it. I don't know. I'm getting hung up. I, I, it's going to be an incredible movie. I mean, if Wonder Woman, if the first Wonder Woman is any indication, it's going to be a fantastic movie. Um, originally slated for a summer release, I believe, but pushed back to October 2nd. So this was just the latest taste of it. Yeah, I will say out of all of the DC movies, I think Wonder Woman is the sub franchise that I have the most most faith in out of all of the movies. I mean, I mean, currently it's it's the clear mark to beat, right? You know, um, some people liked Aquaman a lot. I thought Aquaman was pretty pretty schlocky myself. Not a fan. Wonder Woman, I was a fan of. I think the Batman could challenge it, but the Batman's also a much more you know well trod character. They're gonna have a harder and harder time making new things out of it where wonder woman is is relatively unfarmed as an ip goes so no i think they, they can a, a, they can spice batman up with with releasing robins finally um but yeah I, the batman story arc on its own has been drained dry you might even say the red hood should make an appearance no you got to start with dick grayson unfortunately oh well that's that's too bad for you let's go back to the suicide squad for a second kind of just we're going to run very briefly through the last couple things here this wasn't so much a trailer as it was like a look how many people are in our movie like montage i guess like y- y- there's john cena there's idris elba which i didn't i didn't really more. hate that approach that they did because it kind of put the the characters fun persona like the actual actors and actresses persona on the back of the characters that they're playing so for example i absolutely loved when john cena was explaining his character it was you're a douchey captain america go (laughs) i thought that was awesome i mean pete davidson but like there's just there's a lot to take in so here Um, i think a lot of these characters and a lot of this casting is they're not going to stick around i guess i feel like a lot of these are just to get a big billing and then I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them get killed off very early on in the movie or they're sprinkled in and then they only show up for like five minutes. I think too many. Yeah, there's too many. I don't think you can follow that in a movie. I think there's you're going to have a core group just like you did in the first Suicide Squad. I'm a little interested. So like this is supposed to kind of be an indirect continuation of the original Suicide Squad, as we see with um, they're bringing back, obviously, Marco Robbie, Viola Davis somebody else Joel Kinnaman, yeah i believe is, was in the first one so like they're bringing back and i think jai courtney they're bringing back they're bringing back some people but not the entire cast and i'm wondering how they're going to explain that away right M- namely will smith that's the big yeah, one right where deadshot is essentially being replaced by Bloodsport, which 
by the way, all in on Idris Elba. I think he's going to be fantastic. I did not see the first Suicide Squad, so I also kind of don't have a horse in this race. I've already mentioned that I have some issues with Suicide Squad. You're not missing much. Um, it was. It doesn't okay. seem like I am. So going in thinking that it's going to be terrible, you walk out of it like it was okay. But like if you expected it to be good, you were sorely disappointed. That's the kind of movie that it was. And the only reason I would have gone in the first place, especially after, especially after hearing what I heard about it, was Will Smith. And now he's gone. Um, granted, Will Smith isn't what he used to be. But but I don't know. It's going to take more than what they showed me, even considering how many people are in the cast, you know, for, for, for me to see this movie. It's, the, the, the montage was basically just James Gunn talking about how great it, it is. I mean, I will and, say James Gunn has a pretty decent track record in terms of making fun superhero movies. So from that sh- aspect sure. alone, and just from the amount of big names, and obviously big names don't make a movie, but I think that if the script was a steaming pile of garbage, you wouldn't get that many people to sign up. You just wouldn't. Well, and, and I, I think we've seen too, I mean, James Gunn's track record is Guardians of the Galaxy, right? It, it's it's mm-hmm. Marvel properties. And if we've, if we've learned one thing from the DCEU versus Marvel comparison over the past few years, it's that the MCU does things differently. They do things right. They make a lot of creative decisions from the, seemingly from the top down. It starts with Kevin Feige and it rolls through producers before it even gets to the directors, I think. And you hear directors saying, you know, I had to work within this electric fence of creative license and i did that and i made something great and that's i think what james gunn did and i don't know if they're doing things the same way in dc I, I really don't i i have no reason not to believe in james gunn but he's going to have to prove himself especially with you know an ip that has already suffered at the box office and, and critically speaking which brings us to justice league <laughs> where we can close things out here um this i have to admit uh, this was like a 20 something minute video that I skipped to the end to watch the trailer. Um, and I wasn't blown away. I like it, this is going to have to really promise something if I'm going to spend four hours and you know, it, it's a Zack Snyder trailer, you know, it, Zack Snyder. So have you guys seen Watchmen? No, unfortunately. Yes. Why? So Watchmen's very good. Uh, the music that he used in this trailer, it's, it's the old Leonard Cohen version of Hallelujah which is used very prominently in a certain scene in Watchmen. Um, So he's kind of like, you know, pulling one of his tricks out of his own book kind of thing. There was overlap footage in the trailer, but there was also some new footage. looks like there's going to be quite a bit of new Flash content, which if there's one thing that would get me to show up, it would probably be that. You know, I don't care about Batfleck. I never care about Superman. Next on the list is probably the Flash. So for me, seeing more of him doing flash stuff is what's going to get me there i don't know tactic what were what did you think of this i mean i couldn't agree more the the flash is what got me into dc as a kid so any more that i can see of of barry allen i'm i'm here for i think for me this trailer didn't do a whole lot for me so it didn't necessarily look better than the original version of justice league and that's exactly yeah it just looked That's, that's a huge problem and so I don't know if it's just because I saw, what was this trailer, like four minutes? I don't know if it's just because I saw four minutes of random snippets set to Alleluia and like, will this pull together as a cohesive whole when it's put together in four hour, a four hour long movie? Like, I, I don't know that yet. So I don't know if it's better or worse. It just looks different. Yeah, it didn't look, and granted, it's it's hard to, I think it was only two minutes and it's it's hard to say in two minutes, we're better, here's why. But at the same time, at this point, that's what their job is. 
and and they're going to have to do it eventually. Uh, I have a hard time believing I'm going to hear via word of mouth after this comes out that it's incredible. Um, but but we'll, we'll see. Um, that's for the viewers to decide. So that's our rough summary of DC Fandom. Uh, if you had anything to add, if you want to hear us talk about anything else, uh, Twitter is where we are at. At Online Warriors 1 for the main show account. At OW League 86 at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Tactic. Ask us about any and all of these things or things we didn't get to. Uh, there was also Black Adam, the, the reveal there. Um, more talk about Flashpoint, which we talked about uh, earlier on in this episode. Um, so yeah, feel free to hit us up on the social meds. Right now, we are in a position where we are running short on time. So unfortunately, the listeners will be deprived of hearing what we've been up to this week. And instead, we're going to shoot right into our weekly game segment and i believe the topic this week is i don't remember it is super you are trivia. the er, so, sorry nerd bomber is, is the host sorry i thought it was tactic nope. tactic hosted last time yeah so we it have is, some well, superman trivia as voted on by our patreon subscribers and it's very fitting considering we just talked about the dc fandom event so i have right. several questions they're all number based price is right style I'm going to designate that uh, Tectic will go first since Illegal hasn't won in a bit. So kind of give you an advantage, at least right off the bat. And we'll get right into it. The first question. I'll I'll take the advantage. (laughs) Superman first debuted in an issue of Action Comics. What year was that issue published? I do not like Superman. I'm going to be grumpy this whole time. I want to say 1965. All right, Illegal. How about you? way earlier than that i'm gonna go safe and i'm gonna say 1910 because i think it's like the 30s or something all right so you played it safe and you got a point the first issue featuring superman was published in 1938 so that puts a legal head now interestingly superman was actually created by jerry siegel and joe schuster in 1933 so that was five years before he ever appeared in a comic how much did DC pay for the character rights in U.S. dollars? Oh, right. It's me first. Uh, this is 1933 or, or sometime in the 30s. What a dollar was back then is different than what a dollar is now. 15 grand. All right, Tactic, what do you think? I'm going to go 50 bucks. So oh, that tactic was interesting, but it actually worked out. They actually bought the character rights for $130. Quite oh. a steal. So fifteen thousand dollars is probably like a million dollars back then. I, I I flew too close to the sun. <laughs> so now the game is all tied up. Going back to that one hundred and thirty dollar payoff in twenty twelve, the actual physical check from DC to the original creators was sold in an online auction. How much money did that paper check sell for? It's a trick question, tactic. Just say one hundred thirty dollars again. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to go with $530,000. All right, Illegal, what that. do you think? It's, it's, well, is it higher than that? It's higher than that, 600000 Okay, so you both busted. That check sold for $160,000. Now, keep in mind, I believe the check was already cashed, so it was literally just the check to display in yeah. like a frame. I felt like all it said was Superman rights and nothing great. That's why I didn't go anywhere near a million. Yeah, but so- where are the billionaires in this? There's billionaire comic book fans. They they could plunk down a million bucks without even thinking about it. I wonder if people didn't even realize, to be honest. I didn't until now. So, and I'm a billionaire. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, we both busted, so it's tied one to one, right? Yep, I'm still, still alive. Tied. So you'll actually like this question illegal. In the 90s, Tim Burton, happy birthday, Tim Burton, was supposed to direct. Is, is this about Nicolas Cage? Yes. Oh, this yeah. Is about Nicolas Cage. Was supposed to direct a Superman movie that never got made. And Nicolas Cage was actually paid out for his contract. How much money was he paid? Oh, man. Uh, 60 G's. Tactic, what do you think? I'm going to go 61 G's. All right, so you actually got that. He got the full $20 million that he signed on for. And he actually went on to name his son Kal-El. So maybe they ended up just paying him for the naming rights to his son. I don't know. You're saying that he got $20 million for doing nothing and he's still now trying doing B-movie straight to DVD jobs to make ends meet? Oh, yeah. I love Nicholas Cage. Oh, he's so blown much. like crazy amounts of money. He works so hard and plays so hard. He must. <laughs> I mean, where does that money go? Okay, so I lost, but well, I lost that question. I'm I'm still in the game. So it's two to one, tactic in the lead, and I have three questions left with one tiebreaker in the bank. Next Plenty one. Of time. At one point, DC Comics released a Superman comic where he teamed up with Muhammad Ali to stop an alien invasion. What year was that comic book released? Mm. This is going to require Muhammad Ali knowledge that I simply do not. I'm going to go with 1985. All right, Illegal, what do you think? I think it was earlier than that. I think this was in the 70s. Uh, I'm just going to go 10 years earlier and say, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to say 1970. That guess paid off. It was released in 1978. So Illegal gets a point and the game is tied up oh, at two to two. I'm a Muhammad Ali expert. Uh, okay, two questions left on that tiebreaker. So it's anyone's yep. game at this point. So as we all know, Henry Cavill helped reboot the Superman movie franchise back in 2013 with Man of Steel. How much money did that movie make in the worldwide box office? Mm. Well, people didn't like this movie, but I think it still performed very well. Uh, this is a tight, tight 230 million globally. I'm going to go $500 million. All right. So Tactic played it safe. Well, I guess he didn't play it safe, but Tactic got it right and he won. It made $668 million oh. at the global box office. So people China, didn't find man. out that they didn't like it until after they saw it and bought that movie ticket. <laughs> the, the the domestic box office was probably like thirty million dollars on that movie, and then I think it was about half. See it, if I remember. You think it was? Oh, it's split in half. Mm -hmm. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like when I was looking up the statistic, I believe it was about half. So well, a lot of people got duped. Moving on to the the last formal question of the show, Smallville was a WB slash CW show that followed a teenage Clark Kent and was on the air for 10 years. How many episodes did the show have? So I have to get this right or I lose. Yep. But I go first. So you, you can you go play first. dirty. I have the implicit advantage. So it was on for 10 years. I want to assume that there was a break season in there. Say nine years. Call it 13. What was, what was the question? How many, How episodes, many episodes did the show have? How did you get confused about the question? <laughs> you must be doing some serious long division over there. I'm going to go 130 episodes. All right, Illegal, what do you okay. think? I think it's more than that. So I'm going, I mean, Tactic, you played the jerk card at one point. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to say 131. The jerk card paid off. There were 217 episodes. So you swooped in like a true Illegal and tied it all up. <sighs> I've done it. Okay, so we've made the tiebreaker. At this point, whatever happens, happens. Okay, so Six this five. one... I kind of dug deep for some interesting t statistics for the regular questions. This tiebreaker is a little bit simpler. How tall is Superman according to the comics? Oh, God. I had to go <laughs> first. 
Um, uh, he's like he's taller than average, but like he's not like eight feet. He he's he's six foot nine. He's six foot nine. All right, tactic. What do you got? That's what I wanted to guess. Um, I'm pretty confident. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, I think that's actually correct. I'm gonna go six foot five. Oh no, you both busted. He's six foot three. <laughs> What? No, he's not. Come on, I'm basically six foot three. That's what the DC. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's taller said. than that. No, it's six foot three. Okay. Well, so what happens now? Do we just do we die? Uh, do, I'll do, do my my backup wiggy question here. So underneath his height, it lists his weight in pounds. How much does he weigh in pounds? <laughs> okay, tactic. Time to fat shame Superman. Go for it. I'm gonna say that he is. 300 pounds he's 6'3 okay he's less than that he's cut but he's not like i don't even know what 300 pounds would make him i'm gonna say 200 because i'm he's he's somewhere between 200 and 300 thank you for not busting so i didn't have to look up more statistics he weighs 235 pounds according to the dc fan wiki all right i did it 300 pounds i mean what do you think of superman i'm no gut yeah but he's not human right so I'm assuming he's got much more density of bone structure and, and muscular I structure. Suppose. Well, you know what they say okay. about assuming. I'm right. Doesn't, finish it. doesn't like Wolverine, because of the adamantium, doesn't he weigh like 100 Yeah, he's crazy or something. Well, something miraculous happened. I won the quiz. So you won the you Superman, Superman trivia for a superhero that you do not like. Right. Thanks to Ben. I, I was about to say thanks to whoever picked that, but picking that topic, getting me a win. And thanks to all of you for showing up to listen. Uh, before we go, I do have one additional announcement. If you are so inclined, we now have merch. That is right. If you go to teespring.com slash store slash online warriors podcast, there are a variety of t-shirts, hoodies, and even a pet hoodie. If you have a dog or cat who is a fan of the podcast. And of course, there's also a mug. So you can head over to there again. The address is teespring.com slash store slash online warriors podcast. We would super appreciate the support. And also, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We say that every time. I'll say it again. Uh, we appreciate getting those as well. Until next time, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for being an online warrior. And we'll talk at you next week. See you next week.